Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us for an episode of Compliant with Alliant, your employee benefits podcast. It has been quite some time. We have been wrestling over whether, you know, when and whether to have a podcast, and um, we've decided that now is the time on a topic that um, Diana has not wanted me to drag her into. But um, it's actually my least favorite topic. Yeah, but it turns out it's time. So we're going to talk to you today about. Um, the pharmacy reporting requirements that are new this year and that have been, you know, anyway, they've had an interesting run so far. So Diana, do you want to set the table in terms of, you know, what these are, how they came about, and we'll go from there. Yes. And and just to start off, these have been um, really just the bane of my existence for the last month. That is not true. You've been ignoring them. <laughs> And I've been talking to you, and you've been yelling at me to stop talking about them. Uh, no, I've been up to my eyeballs in these terrible CMS mm, true. data collection instructions. Mm, yep. um, and, and just and very there are Excel spreadsheets involved, it, which is never good for us. We're lawyers. There's so much Excel. So it's we, we've been really trying to wrestle this one down, but I think we can't, uh, we can't really get into the pain points until we sort of lay that foundation. So I just kind of want to start at the beginning, which is with the Consolidated Appropriations Act. Yeah, we're going there passed December 27th, 2020, which feels like a lifetime ago. It had a ton of different elements of transparency and reporting. It had the No Surprises Act in there, um, NQTL audits. There was just a lot in it um, for our purposes today. And most importantly, it also added a prescription drug and healthcare spending reporting mandate. So it, it's really not a lot in the CAA. It's like a few pages. And to me, it really looks like so much. It, it looked like <laughs> it was going to be a 5500 on your plan and your prescription drug and healthcare spending. So uh, we're laying with that thinking it's going to be okay. okay. We'll figure this out. We'll get a form. It's going to be like a 5500. Yeah. And then down came the regulations November of 2021. So almost a year later. And uh, not to bury the lead on this one, the big shock in those regulations was that the agencies really want carriers and TPAs and PBMs to be reporting aggregate data based on their market segment for a book of business in a specific state. So we're talking about, are you small group, large group, uh, individual coverage, student insurance, but really aggregate data with very little information specific to a plan. It, it looked like they just wanted your identifying information, your number of participants, your plan year, and the states you were in. So this looked like it was gonna be something the carriers and TPAs totally sort of took off our plates, and, and that's been a little bit of a struggle. Um, but I just want to hit the deadlines on this really quickly. We were supposed to report by December of 2021. That got delayed. So now the big push, and another pain point, is we have to report our 2020 and 2021 data. Did you talk about reference years? Oh, well, a reference year is just your calendar okay. year. All right. And so, so it's not your plan year. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm definitely going to hit that. But so you're looking at reporting your 2020-2021 calendar year data by December 27th. 2022 and then thereafter 
what you're going to do is be reporting your calendar year data, which is also called your reference year, by the following June. So your 2022 data will go in by June of 2023. So that, that's a very big level set, and I know Chris is really anxious to talk about the pain points and what we've been going through the last month. Yeah, we had a debate as to whether we needed to go through the history, and she convinced me that we did. So fine, and I think that's right. Um, it's important to figure out, to know where we are, where have we come from? Okay, so really those pain points are going to be dictated largely by the funding and design of your plan. So I'm, you know, if you are fully insured plan across the board, every benefit is fully insured, you just need to confirm with your carrier that they're going to be submitting all those files. I can't imagine a reason why they wouldn't be. Diana, you, no. We, right? We've seen almost complete cooperation. Okay. If you have everything you're doing with one single you know carrier or you could have multiple carriers but you haven't carved out that's right so where it gets a little bit um a little bit wonky is if you are fully insured and you've carved out your pharmacy with a and self-funded it with a pbm if you are self-funded and um, if you're self-funded with a single solution tpa including your um your pharmacy then I think, again, you have fewer problems if you're self-funded with a medical plan TPA and a carved-out pharmacy PBM. That's probably sort of your most problematic posture in terms of, you know, kind of piecing together the, the reporting. And so that's an important, I think, thing to understand is first, where do I sit in this process based on my plan design, both funding and specifically as it relates to whether you've carved out your pharmacy benefit? So then I think it's important uh, to understand the challenge to know what data is getting reported, what entities are we seeing handling which part of that, and then what gaps are there that are going to land on employer plan sponsors based on, again, what your plan design is. So there are essentially three buckets of data. I like to kind of put it in uh, to three buckets of data, which is the P files, which they call quote plan lists, the D files, which are data files, and then a narrative response, which everyone wants to see, of course. Diana and I were wondering, are we going to write down something on a notebook paper and send it into CMS? And oh, kind of. Well, actually, they'll take a Word document. <laughs> or a PDF. So the answer is kind of yes. At any rate, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. But um, what we want to focus in on is the data files. And so there are... It's, they're labeled D1 through D8. And, and it, it's important actually, I think, to kind of go through them, and I'm not gonna go through them one by one, but for you to understand D1, because this is nomenclature that's gonna become more common, uh, kind of common parlance in this space. So D1 and D2, and then there's D3 through D8. And D3 through D8 are really the acutely prescription drug related data that you know your carrier if you're if you have an integrated you know pharmacy benefit will handle and then your PBM really has to handle um, if you are carved out and I want to be clear that the the data is complex data that I don't know about you Diana but I don't see any employer no employers gathering this and submitting it it really requires your TPA and PBM partners it's not like it's just not something you can do. Well, and again, they've asked for this to be aggregate data exactly. by book of business in a state. So they, they yeah. really don't want you to submit your specific data here. And, and then I think it's a good, that's a good point because 
when we when we pull back and we look at the purpose of reporting, and I, I think that's important because like an ACA reporting, they want to know what you're doing. They want to know exactly what you're doing because you might get a penalty. Not to say there aren't associated penalties here, but the purpose of this reporting is, is much more macro, right? To get an idea and a look in what's happening in the market and pharmacy in general. Not to say that you don't have a duty and a singular obligation, but the purpose of the reporting, um, I think, is contextually uh, relevant. So with that, D3 through D8 is prescription drugs. Your PBM should pick that up. D1 and D2, so D1 is really plan-specific information, and I want to run through that real quickly. It's, you know, your name, TPA name or carrier name, the state, what market segment are you in, so, you know, what size, um, your average monthly premium paid by members, and then the employer, how many, they call it life years, which is participants and beneficiaries uh, generally, at premium equivalent if you're self-funded or level funded or any of those iterations and your stop loss premium as well and so Diana's going to talk a little bit more about about the nuance there and also ASO and TPA fees so but these are all plan specific pieces of information that you have at your fingertips or or your broker has yeah but originally what we thought would happen and what we expected to happen would be your your partners so generally this would be your TPA would pick up that D1 mm-hmm. data because they have really 90% of it. Well, it depends, but yeah, they have a yeah. lot of it. I mean, and mostly what they're missing, so surprisingly enough, if you're self-funded, you have your premium equivalent determined generally by an, by an actuary, and your TPA may not know that. Yep. So we figured they'd ask. Um, and then... Stop loss. Stop loss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we all know when you carve something out or, or take something away from a vendor partner that also sells it, sometimes they get crabby, but we we thought they would just ask. Hey, no, we're not saying anyone's crabby here, Diana. What are you talking about? I'm not saying that. At um, any rate. I, I feel like I've, I've seen some slight crabbiness. I'm not adhering to that. <laughs> But but so initially when this started to come to light was, you know, we were getting a a little bit of pushback from certain TPAs saying, well, we're not going to request and submit your premium equivalent and we're not going to request and submit your stop loss premium. So it became this issue of, well, then who's submitting what? So you're submitting an incomplete D1. Do we then submit another D1 with some or only the missing data? How do we tape it together, right? Yeah. Make it a full report. Yeah, I mean, and the the instructions, you know, really they've they've um, been updated a bunch, so they've changed over time. But they've envisioned a really high degree of cooperation among the parties, and I think we didn't see that at first, but we're starting to we see really more are. of it. We and, and this is an important note too, and I hope you're still listening. Um, is that this is evolving, like, and it's evolving quickly, and sometimes it just takes an industry. A while to come to the table and 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 we are actually in real time as we're working on this as your partners seeing that happen um, and sort of tracking our major partners and and watching their answers change even in the last 30 to 45 days so understand the answers we have for you today may change and, and even guidance may change too um, but all of this may shift as we move closer to December 27th um, before do you have more to say about D1? Well, I, I want to talk about D2. Oh, you can talk about D2. I want to talk about HIOS. Okay, let's not get there yet. Okay. Okay, so I'm not, I haven't covered, so we went D3 through D8, which is, you know, drug-related co- drug data that we're going to submit, right? And then there's the D1, which is about your plan. Who are you in the space? You know, what do you look like? And then there's D2, which is spending by category. And I had my list out here, and it is no longer in front of me, but it's, 
it's basically health care services related spending outside of the scope of pharmacy even. So again, that's for your TPA or carrier to submit because it's not information you are going to have. So you, in no situation should you be trying to submit D2 data or trying to grab it and create it. Um, and it is certainly our hope that none of your partners are going to foist D2 data on you then to submit on your own. Where we're seeing you might have to do some submissions is in that D1 category that we just talked about. And so before we move on to HIOS, because that's the system by which if you have to do some submitting, it goes through a particular system. But are, we're not are you yet. stealing my HIOS? No, no I'm going to leave that for you. I'm, I'm going to narrative response. <laughs> oh, not narrative responses. Yeah. So then there's the then there's the book the the legal pad note paper you're going to write your narrative response on, um, but you're not actually going to do that. Luckily, when you look at it. The narrative response is asking for, you know, employer sites for self-funded plans, what um, drugs are covered under your hospital medical benefit, all these, like, the allocation methods for prescription drug rebates, the impact of prescription drug rebates. So it's, it's a little bit of a nuanced ask in that some of those categories relate to D2 through D8, some of them relate to, or I'm sorry, D3 through D8, some of them relate to D2. So what that means and what we're seeing is that the medical plan TPAs who are doing the D2 spending by category reporting will provide some of the narrative response. The the PBM or TPA who's doing the D3 through D8 pharmacy-related data reporting will do the other parts of the narrative response, and that's sort of the ideal setup. So the ideal setup is you have a TPA and or PBM who is doing all of it. The worst case scenario is you have partners who are doing none of it, which we're finding is very rare. What we may have is a common situation where most of your partners are picking up most of the reporting and you as an employer are handling that D1 file. In which case, Diana, what happens? Um, HIOS, but first I wanna just say how relieved I was that the carriers, TPAs, PBMs were picking up the narrative responses because you know, to my mind, I, I sort of thought, this is going to be a real pain point for our employers if they're trying to write, you know, a, a short answer essay on the SAT. Right, about, we all know you hate the short answer one. I, I give me a multiple choice. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so we've been really happy to see those partners step up and own the narrative responses, which brings us really to worst case scenario, which is you might have to submit your D1 data, which again is not painful data. It's very basic data. Um, all that this requires is getting a health insurance oversight system login. So you're gonna have an HIOS login. You get that through the CMS Enterprise Portal. We've got links out in a couple of pieces. So if you think you need to submit, and, and our Alliant teams will help you understand where you are and what your partner's doing. But if you think you need to submit, Go ahead and get that that HIOS login because information is that it's taking maybe up to two weeks to get that. So yes. you want to want to do that now. Yeah, I mean, and I think we're we've got a little bit of grace there, and that this is due December twenty seventh. Um, but again, don't leave it don't leave it to the last minute. And then all we uh, end up having to do is you, you're going to complete that Excel file, and then you uh, you convert that into a 
CVS file. Mm-hmm. We we've been down Not this road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've been down this road before uh, on reinsurance. We had to do the same file conversion. So it, it's actually pretty easy, but it, it it's just one Excel file. But so just figure out where you are with your partners. Mm-hmm. Our teams can help you with that. And then if you think you need that login, go ahead and get that HIOS login. That's really our action item at, at this point. And you know. What I would say is that we're existing in a bit of liminal space right now where we're not, you know, we don't have all of the answers. But the reason why we're doing this podcast is that the landscape's becoming a little bit more clear. And where we don't have answers, we're kind of coming into that space to help, hopefully help guide you through. Our pharmacy team has been hyper-engaged here, and we're really grateful for them. The compliance team has as well. We've developed a playbook that um, should be available in short order, which will really take you through sort of, you know, the basics of what do you need to do? What's the data? Where does it come from? How do you get it into the IHIOS? So that in the event some of this lands on your plate, um, we are here to help, you know, walk you through that and help you do that reporting. So we are tracking developments in the market as well as with the regulators. And um, I don't know. I, I think that might be it. Do we have well, anything else? No. I mean, I think um, really just a, a kudos to our pharmacy team for developing that playbook. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have questions, if this is all new to you and your head is exploding, don't feel badly. It's a complex topic. And we have answers and can, can help, you know, help you work through it. Again, the good news is it's not happening until December, but it is something we don't want to wait till December 1 to do. We know most of you are in open enrollment. Everyone loves another another job in open (laughs) enrollment, but that's where we are. Thank you for joining us, and we will maybe talk to you again soon if we can manage one of these.